If you didn't feel anything today, or if you're not feeling his presence right now, that should be alarming. The presence of the Lord is here. Amen. Amen. The presence of the Lord is here. This is how our homes should be. This is how our, our workplaces should be. This is not just here. This is what we carry. And when we walk in this, it changes everything. I was sitting praying yesterday over the service, like, Lord, move in this place. Lord, we need a move. My heart has been longing. Lord, touch us today. Touch this place today. Touch the hardest of hearts. Touch broken minds. Touch hidden struggles and private battles. Touch people that don't even know if this is real or not. You know what? If you're honest with God and you say, Lord, I don't know if this is real. If what they're doing is real, please open it up to me. He will. This is real. This is real. Lord, touch everybody this morning. Touch us, Lord. Let us be a different people. Lord, we praise you, Lord. I just pray over this, over everybody listening. Lord, we love you, Lord. This should not just be 30 minutes or 45 minutes on a Sunday. It should be our lives. Amen. Jesus' name. You know, we're at church 1% a year. We need this everywhere we go. This is where things just fall off and you don't even know. You get home, you're like, man, I was healed. Or you get that breakthrough. And you don't do it for those things. You do it because of his presence. I'm not mad at anybody today. I love you all. I just... God has been dealing with me on like wanting a true move. I'm like never being satisfied. On wanting his presence above anything else. It's leaving me with a drawing for more. Does anybody else know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Does anybody Say there's got to be more to God than what we're doing. When you go home, you say, I see what you did in the Bible. I see all that. When we read the book of Acts, we should either be humiliated or humbled because of what they did. They didn't have any teaching. No no education. They dealt with many hardships and had tons of persecution. And they, they one sitting, 3,000 people got saved. God is drawing me in this church for more. There is way more. 
It's going to take more in today's, today's society. We can look around and say it's going to take a whole lot more. Yep. We're not to be satisfied just coming in here, singing four songs, preaching a 40-minute message, and then going on like business as usual. It's not going to work. And praying with people for a couple minutes and then going home. It's about his presence. This is how I've been feeling. Read Psalm, Psalm 63. Psalm 63, 1 through 4. Psalm 63, 1 through 4. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you. In a dry and parched land where there is no water, I have seen you in the sanctuary and behold your power and your glory. Because your love is better than life. This right here, his presence is better than life. My lips, because his love is better than life, my lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. It doesn't say it on Sunday mornings. Every day. Every waking hour, you got to be intentional about moving closer to him because the devil is always intentional about dropping you back. In a war, there is no fair game. Snares. He sets snares around you all the time. It's always, it's a game. It's battle. I am passionate about things of God. This is not an act. I know what he set me free from. I know how hard I serve the devil. I know what he saved me from. When you really know these things, you want more. You don't want to be stagnant in your prayer life. You don't go days without praying. You don't go days without thanking Him. You don't go days without reading your Word. If you're having a stagnant time in your, in your life, just start thanking Him. Thank you, Lord, for this wonderful place you've given me to live. Thank you for clean water. Thank you for electricity, air conditioning. Thank you for food, that more food than we can eat. We waste more than a lot of other countries have. And yet we're miserable. When you can go to other places and they have nothing and they're happy. And we have fridges full of fur, full of food and cupboards full of food and things we don't we put aside don't even use for years. In our garage, that's like a basement. And we're miserable. Is there anybody wanting more from God because he wants to give you more? But it comes through seeking him and him alone. Not what he can do for you. God is not a respecter of persons. What he'll do for me, he'll do for you. What he'll do for you, he'll do for me. Amen. We should be in prayer for Turkey today. 
And if you haven't already. What Rose was saying was perfect. It was it was it made a lot of sense today. Yes, indeed. Amen. Look at those buildings. They didn't have good foundations. It's estimated last time I looked, between twenty-five thousand and thirty thousand people were dead. Millions of people without homes. Millions. Six thousand buildings estimated that have collapsed. Devastation. People are still trapped, calling from their iPhones underneath the rubble and their phones, yep. saying, I'm here, I'm trapped. These are people that just less than a week ago, they were going about their life, not having any idea what was about to come, up, come upon them. A lot of them woke up in eternity with no warning. Do you understand you don't go to heaven or hell for a weekend? You don't. Eternity is forever. Grasp it. Forever. This is a waiting room. We never know when our time is going to be up. You don't know. Those people, 28, 30,000, it could be upwards of 50,000. We don't know yet. They were living their lives like we do every day, not giving a heed to eternity, not thinking about godly things. And then they woke up there. And it came upon them without a sudden. They had plans. A lot of them have plans next week. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Once it's up, it's gone. Can we, can we understand this? Your personal rapture can happen at any minute. Please do not play with God or your salvation. Rose said it this morning. You're not going to be accountable for what I do, and I'm not going to be accountable for what you do. But the Bible does make... One thing very clearly that when we deceive our we deceive ourselves when we're deceived. You you know why? Because we a lot of things sound good to justify. You know, I'm gonna move in with my boyfriend and girlfriend outside of marriage because I can't afford to pay the rent. God knows I can't afford to pay the rent. So it sounds good. But it's deceitful. God knows my heart. We normally say that when we're going to sin. Or when we're doing something we know we shouldn't. We heard Pete preach on Wednesday. He would call his mom and ask for prayer before he would go sin. No, but that's what we do. And then you know what the dangerous thing is? I'll repent for that later. Oh, yeah. Come on. Oh, God will understand. I'll just go repent for that later. You know what happens is, is when he tells you not to and you do it anyway, it hardens your heart. You don't, and you don't really repent. That's right. Do it again. To go against the word of God. We can justify anything. I could, I could call up all my friends tomorrow and justify the most crazy thing if I want to. Yeah. And then get them on my side. Position the story the way I want. 
Give it the angle that I want. I can, and then people will go, yeah, you're right. But what does God's word say? I must change. Come on. Or heaven is not going to be my home. This is not hard. You deceive yourselves when we don't do what the Bible says. If you, you know what I had this thought the other day? We're under grace. The grace of the Gentiles will be up one day. You know there's more people going to hell under grace than ever? That blew my mind because, you know, we think about Old Testament. We think about people going to hell in the Old Testament. We think there's more people going to hell today. And we're under grace. Because we carry it with such, I'll get to it later. I read this thing that says, uh, this guy named Tom says he'll get saved at 1130 but died at 1115. If you know the right way, walk in it. And if you don't know the right way, get into your Bible and God will show you the right way. That's right. All those people entering, entered into eternity. And you have people that are trapped that are that they're probably not going to get to. Has anybody seen any of this coverage? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean it's ruined. Oh yeah. We need to sound the alarm on the lost. There's no anguish for the lost. There's no weeping for the lost. We might pray for the lost sometimes because that's what Christians do, but when is the last time someone that you know is going to hell that kept you up at night that you were weeping for? Because their life can end at any moment. You know, I asked my dad the hard question yesterday. I said, are you a Christian? Mm. I asked him. He goes, no. But he knows all the Christian things. I hurt me. I'm like, well, you need to get saved now. And I did it lovingly. But I'm not, no, but I'm saying like, you know this. Thank the Lord that you know it. Because we have a whole bunch of saved people that don't realize they're not saved. And that's just the truth. And that's why I said, I started off this this morning to say, I'm not mad at you, because I'm not. This is a warning. It's like, it's, like somebody, it's like what Noah did for years. For years. He said he was a preacher of righteousness. It doesn't say he stood outside of the ark and preached. But it does say in Matthew he was a preacher of righteousness. So I have to think, just based off that, that he did give warning. And the Bible says, be a, be a doer of the word, not just a hearer or you deceive yourself. Because guess what? We don't stay in the wor word like we should, so then we start adding our own little things in it. Yeah, that's cool. And then all of a sudden, what we feel trumps what, what, what the word of God says. Christianity and the church is so inward focused. It's all about me, me, me. That we are missing God. We are focused on things that don't have any eternal value. While this nation is falling into darkness at an alarming rate.
Do we really care? We have that burden. He who wins souls is wise. You want to be wise, we win souls. The spirit of the living God will not move, will not change lives as we as leaders walk in disobedience. Do we understand the cry and the calling of the pulpit? The Lord is calling his people to stand up and to walk in his authority. The presence of God will not live in you or your homes if you are watching filth. Don't be deceived. If you are listening to music that talks about death, cheating, having sex, alcohol, and drugs, you will not host the presence of God. Do you know that music always rides on the back of culture? Do you see the Grammys? Anybody see any highlights of the Grammys? It was a satanic ritual done, and millions of Christians watched it, and it comes into their homes. Transgender people won the first award, and the song of the year was called Unholy. Oh, wow. When are we going to wake up? The alarm is sounding, but nobody's listening. We care about things that don't matter. What matters? Living in peace with each other. Being in unity. Walking hand in hand. Godly counsel. Worshiping the Lord in truth. If you listen to the Lord's name taken in vain, you will not host the presence of God. It should. When you hear the Lord's name taken in vain, it should stab your spirit. Oh, I've got to get away from that. Oh, I've got to get away from that. Because it's trying to rob you. You're deceiving yourself. Many preachers and their followers do whatever seems right in their own eyes. As a pastor, everything I do has to come from the lens of the Bible. Amen. If it doesn't, then it's coming from my worldview, and that is whatever my experience is and not what the Word of God is saying. That is when deceit comes in. Adam and Eve had the presence of God. They didn't honor it. Just like a lot of us, we have the presence of God, but we don't honor it. When it's the only thing that can save you. The Holy Spirit. He makes Jesus known. We know the story of Moses. He brought the Jewish people out of captivity. Then while Moses was up on a mountain with God, they started worshiping a golden calf. Literally. They saw the pillar uh, by night and the cloud by day. They saw the Red Sea split. They saw the wonders and the plagues of Egypt. And while Moses was up worshiping, they backslid. said, make us other gods to worship. We are no different. We pray to God. 
God, heal me. God, do this. Change my life. Give me this new job. Do all this. And he does it. And then we act like he never existed. We get what we want. We go, thanks, Lord. I got this now. You can go ahead and leave my borders. I'll, I'll call you when I need you again. He brought the Egyptians out of 400 years of slavery. And people lived a lot longer back then, so you'd have had some of them you know, been slaves for a while. And they would have seen it. And then they started worshiping a golden calf. They didn't waste any time turning away from God, and we don't either. We can come here and have an experience. We can have a, a, an emotional encounter. We leave before we hit the before we hit our parking lot. We're honking at somebody, cussing them out for cutting us off. <laughs> But right when we get in, we're turning on our favorite Netflix show, and we're, and we're watching them take God's name in vain. Because why? We don't honor the presence of God. Exodus 33, 1 and 6. Exodus 33, 1 and 6. Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying to your descendants, I will give it. And I will send my angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites and the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, for I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. And when the people heard this bad news, they mourned. But what did they think? They were worshiping a golden calf. And, and then no one put on ornaments For the Lord had said to Moses Say to the children of Israel You are a stiff-necked stiff people I come into your If I could come up into your midst In one moment and consume you Now for Now therefore take off your ornaments That I may know What to do to you So the children of Israel stripped themselves Of their ornaments By Mount Hur. They didn't honor the presence of God they had. God comes into our lives and does amazing things, and we do the same thing. We justify sin. We justify, well, we're not, I'll get to God tomorrow. We justify these things. And then meanwhile, the enemy's not sleeping. The enemy's coming at you in your minds, and, and we're letting filth in our homes, and we're wondering why there's no power of God, and we wonder why God's not moving, and we wonder why these things is because we don't honor the presence of God. God wasn't going to go with them because he wanted to destroy them for sinning and being stiff-necked. But Moses didn't want an angel. He wanted the presence of God because he had already experienced it. Moses didn't care about the angel after he experienced the presence of God. He said he will not go. How many people today would take an angel because they don't know the presence of God? You'd be like, oh, okay, give me an angel. I'm cool. When I read this the other day, I cried. Because of the way God and Moses talk to each other. Exodus 33, 12 through 18. This is the promise of God's presence. Moses said to the Lord, You have been telling me, Lead these people. 
But you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways, so that I, might, I may continue, that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. We need to have that prayer today. Teach me your ways, so I don't sin against you. So I don't, I don't do things that you don't like. He said, continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? What else will distinguish you and I? I can't be a pastor without the presence of God. Amen. If we don't have the presence of God in this place, this place is nothing. If God's presence is not with us at our home or our work, we're just like everyone else. That's right. There is no distinction. This is what Moses was saying just like today. If I don't have the presence of the Lord, then we don't have a church. We are deceiving ourselves. If the Lord doesn't go with us, we are no different than the spiritual journey store or the church of Scientology or the yoga place around the corner. If we as Christians are not good husbands and wives, then there is no presence, presence at home and your prayers are hindered. God will not dwell where there is strife. Don't deceive yourself. All right. Preach it. We must lose our lives to find him. Amen. That is not a symbol. That is like I have to lay down everything. Everything that I know that goes against God's word, I got to get in front of him and get rid of it before it destroys me. Because it's not a game. It takes, it's, it's here to rob you. It's here to make you walk in misery and brokenness and be a mess. We must lose our lives to find him. That means we give up everything. 99, not 99.9%, 100%. Or you're, if you're not 100%, are you even saved? Start thinking like that. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. Isn't that amazing? Look how he talked to him. I'm so passionate about this. She said it earlier. God knows those that are his. Show us your glory, Lord. But he's only going to show you his glory if you know how to host his presence. Amen. Does the Lord know your name today? Ask yourselves that right now. You know that. If your life was taken from you this very moment, where would you spend eternity? If you're not sure, then come up here. Forgive everyone that's hurt you. Confess and repent of all your sins. Turn from them. Believe that Jesus is God, that he died for you, your sins, and rose again so that you could have life with him. Then be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
good. There's no time to play. All under my voice have a chance to get right with God today if you don't Everyone that entered the presence of God, the presence of God is meant to do something to you. It's meant to show you how unholy you are. It's meant to show you how lost you are. It's meant to show you your errors so you can correct them and, and find life. Isaiah 6 and 5 says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. In God's presence, we understand how much we need Him. We understand how unholy we are. If you allow God's presence, it's always here to change you, to be like Him. That's the point. His presence is to make you like Him. The foundation has to be good, like Rose said. The foundation has to be perfect. If a house is built on a foundation that's just a little off, the whole house will leave. But guess what? The foundation is just the start. You have to build on it. That's right. Every day. That's why I can't be the same Christian next week that I am today. It's a, it's a, if you're not moving forward mentality, you're moving backwards. Please understand this. This is to help us. Urgency, urgency. The alarm is sounding. Are we, we care. We, you know, we have moments of caring, but it's just like a firework. It's a loud bang and a lot of noise, and it's pretty, but then it goes out. God's not looking for somebody to be concerned. He's looking for somebody to be changed. Once David realized his sin, he knew he had to repent. And he wrote Psalms 51, the whole chapter. The whole chapter is about repentance. But it wasn't until Nathan the prophet came to him and gave him a story. And David wanted to have his vengeance on that man. And then until Nathan goes, you're that man. Anyway, then he humbled him real quick. How many times are we like that? Oh, well, they're so-and-so, they're so-and-so. You know, when it says not to judge others in the New Testament, it's just talking about believers judging believers. I can't sit here and tell you not to steal if I'm stealing. I can't sit here and tell you not to sleep around if I'm sleeping around. But out of love, out of love because I care for your eternal soul, if you call yourself a believer and we see somebody sees you doing something you're not, you're not, you shouldn't be doing, it's just, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. Mm -hmm. But I can only say that if my life is free from that. Amen. Psalms 51, 10 and 12. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. Amen. 
David knew what he had was so special that he didn't want to lose it. You know what you have. Amen. A lot of times we wake up and there's not a hallelujah in our heart. We don't know how we're going to survive. We're broken. We're lost. But if you start walking in the promises of God, your foundation is good. Get up every morning. Have Bible verses all around your house. Start hitting back at this stuff. With the word of God, it leaves. Torment has to leave. Think on these things. Love, joy. Repent when you're wrong. Ask for forgiveness. Even if you're right in an argument, say you're sorry. Who cares? It's not worth it. Because guess what? If, you, if, if both sides are positioning themselves against each other, I'm sorry. If not, it goes on for weeks. Creates bitterness. Then you can't stand to be around the person. When it's simple, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you that way. Come on. That ends it. Humble yourself. It's not worth it. You being right in that argument does not have any, any eternal value. Live at peace with all men. Moses and David understood the presence of God. They understood that they could do nothing without the Holy Spirit. Is this stuff okay? Acts 3.19 says, Repent, therefore, and be converted. doesn't say stay the same. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that what? Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You need refreshing this morning? I need refreshing. Be converted. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Put off the old man. Put off the old self. You know, if somebody goes, you want refreshed, I don't know any person that wouldn't stand in line for that. If I set $1,000 right here, I said the first one that gets it can have it. People will be on it like crazy. But what about the presence of God? You know, I went... When churches hold like Friday night or Saturday night prayer and nobody shows up. And now if you live too far away, I understand that's okay. I'll give you guys a break. But you know why? You know why? People don't show up because you have no home prayer life. Because if you did, you'd show up to prayer on Friday and Saturday night. Or whenever. Hey Dick. There's no refreshing in disobedience. There's no presence in sin. And it feels right. And it goes against the word of God. You're deceived. We can justify anything. We can set it up to make it look like anything we want to. Stop it. Manipulation, domination, and all that stuff is witchcraft. 
God is wanting to do something miraculous. It's not a story. It's real. The presence of God is real. The anointing of God is real. He wants to make everybody whole in here. There's no life-changing power if we don't recognize what we are apart from God. We're just like everyone else. In my, in my home life, my private life, what, what I do when people are not watching, if it doesn't glorify God, then I'm just pretending. I'm just pretending. Then there's no power in it. I get up here and my words don't mean anything. They fall dead. They, they don't even make it to your ears. They don't break the anoint, they don't break the hold of the yoke of the enemy because I'm just pretending. My lifestyle has to glorify God in everything. And when I make a mistake, knowingly sinning all the time is not the same as making a mistake. We don't justify sin. There is no anointing, there is no freedom, there is no power over the enemy, there is no peace, joy, love, or mercy apart from his presence. Most importantly, there is no life. No life. Psalm 16, 11 says, You will show me the path of life. In your presence is what? Fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Everything good is found in Him. Everything that is wrong with your life today can be put back together in His presence. It's not always going to look like what you think. It's always to change your life. Because your life has to change so you don't go back to the same way. You don't keep falling back into the same thing. If God comes in and does a mighty work, it's to break things off of you so you don't go back. It's always to change your life so that you and I find life. There is a peace today in His presence. There is forgiveness today in God's presence. There is wholeness today, not tomorrow, in God's presence. God is a God of right now. How do I get the presence of the Lord? It's really simple. You repent, turn from your sin, forgive others, and seek Him. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and, of, and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then I will call, then you will call upon me and go pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Lose your life, you find him. Seek him with your whole your whole heart, you find him. When I seek him for benefits, oh, I just want, I want to operate in something. No, no, you seek him and then he decides what you're going to do. That's how it works. Psalms 145, 18 and 20 says, The Lord is near to all those who call upon him. 
to all who call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desires of those who fear him. He also will hear, hear their cry and save them. The Lord preserves all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. There's no one here right now that has to be wicked. It's a choice. Let anybody that goes to hell have a choice in this, in this country, in this world. Let it be because they had a choice. The choice is always yours. Isaiah 5, 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will pardon anyone that calls upon him, that seeks him, that wants the truth. Get away from whatever's holding you down that you know. God, I believe God's already put it in people's heart things that they know that are keeping them from him. Today is the day to enter into his presence and get everything you are looking for in this life. I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about winning the lottery. I'm talking about something that will last. I'm not talking about blessings, what we think blessings are. What God says blessings are. Peace, love, joy. Matthew 7, 7 through 11 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. For what man is there among you who, if, if his son asks for bread, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more does your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask and seek him? We don't trust God. We think we know better. God's presence means knowing God and knowing God knowing you. Because it takes two to have his presence. The presence of God is directly re related to the relationship you have with him. The enemy doesn't care if you come to church and praise God. The enemy cares if you come to the knowledge of God. The enemy cares if you come into the presence of God. Because anything outside of that is not going to change anything. Let's just all stand. Hey, look, if you want to come pray, we can pray for you. If you want to rededicate your life for somebody that doesn't know God or has fallen away, come on up. Doesn't, we're not here to judge you. We're not here to point finger. We're here... That you find life. We want to. We want to walk this road with you. 